You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Thank you, James. I think the guy who uses last a little shorter than I am. Well, it's good to be here with you this morning. I'm so excited to be able to share with you. Uh, you guys are an incredible church, and uh, I just want to let you know that. You know, like James said, I've been here for about three months, and I've just been overwhelmed by your wel- being welcoming and your generosity. Uh, you know, I came up here last month, and I said, hey, we've got some kids who want to go to camp, and uh, they can't because they can't afford it. Well, together, you guys gave over $1,800, and we were able to send every kid to camp. And uh, you really are a generous church. When James comes up here and says you're a generous church, he's, he's not lying because I've seen it firsthand. And just I just want to tell you a little bit about where I've been because I've been kind of gone and all around all summer. I've uh, been at our camps, and uh, we've seen some incredible things at camp. Between our high school and our middle school camp, we saw over 60 salvations, uh, and it's just, it's just incredible, and, uh, you know, which wasn't possible without allowing me to go, you know, sending your youth pastor to camp, which is just very generous as well, and countless rededications. I mean, I can't even, we can't even find the number, but uh, we have that, and then what was awesome was that our junior high camp, we saw some pretty miraculous stuff, and I just want to kind of fill you in on what our students are seeing and experiencing. Uh, one day, we were, at, we were at camp, and we were in chapel. You know, we have the night chapel, and uh, I had to leave. I had to go take care of some, some business around the camp, and so chapel was going on, and it was getting ready to wrap up the session, and I was walking back, and at this camp, we had a, a kid, he had a, a torn ACL, and so he was on crutches all week, which is just such a, a bummer for camp, like having to be on crutches. And uh, then we had another guy. <laughs> our high school camp and our junior high camp were back-to-back. Guy was a high school camp leader. He tore his rotator cuff playing dodgeball, you know, because we took dodgeball pretty seriously at high school camp. And, uh, and so, we, you know, we, I left, and I come walking back, and all of a sudden I see the kid who had been on crutches running out of the chapel without his crutches or his knee brace. And I was like, dude, where's your stuff? He goes, I'm healed, duh. And then just ran. And it was just incredible. Like, and so here I am, I'm like, whoa, like, well, of course, duh. Like, why didn't I expect that? Like, and, you know, just, and then I walk in and the, and the guy who tore his rotator cuff is over in the corner with both hands raised. And I was like, Dude, uh, does that hurt? He goes, no. Some junior hires prayed for me, and I was healed. And uh, just incredible stuff that uh, our students are seeing and experiencing, and God is on the move. And I, I am so, so excited to see where, where we go as, as a group. And uh, you, you guys really do. You have the best students. Uh, I love them. They were great. Pleasure to have. Uh, so just kind of wanted to give you an update about what's going on in youth and what's happening. We've got our Thursday night hang- summer hangouts happening and uh, where we're just going to show up, hang out, probably eat a little bit and laugh a lot. So uh, Thursday nights at 7, show up. Uh, that's kind of what's going on in the youth. 
this morning I want to talk to you. The, my message is titled All In. So those of you who are taking notes, like to write stuff down, it's All In. And I want to start off with a story. Uh, last, let's see, last, last September, so I'm, I'm coming up on a year, uh, I had a friend call me and he said, hey, I bought a Groupon. And anytime somebody says, I bought a Groupon, you've got my attention. Because that usually means we're getting something for really cheap. Like, right? You know, I lo- anybody else love Groupon? Like, getting a good deal on something? I love it. So he calls me. I was like, oh, yeah, what's the Groupon for? He goes, what's well, for two people? I was like, all right. You're speaking my language. Sounds free for me. I like it. Uh, and it's for CrossFit. And I was like, hmm. Now his wife is like CrossFit coach, all this. She's crazy. And she's been trying to get me to come forever. And I was like, uh, I, don't, I think I'm busy that day, all the days, every day. Very busy, very busy guy. And he said, just do it with me. You and I have both talked about how we want to get healthy, how we you know, want to exercise more. And, you know, so I was like, ah. He's like, it's just a beginner class. It's a month long. If you don't like it, you don't have to finish. And I was like, okay. So went for a month, and I loved it. I thought, I, this is crazy. I'm, I'm like punishment and pain, apparently. But I just loved it, you know, because it was a lot of fun, and we're working out. And, you know, and so we're getting there, and, and all of a sudden, I started liking it. I show up for the first day of class, the first day of regular class, you know. So we were like baby CrossFitters, and now we're like going into the big boy class, uh, which is a whole different level. Well, my buddy, his back, like, starts spasming out the first day uh, we're, after we were jump roping. Okay, so we were jump roping, and he goes, oh, my back. And he sits out the rest of the workout. And I'm like, cool, thanks. Well, then we had agreed to go at 5.30 Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the morning before we go to work. And so I show up Wednesday, 5.30. He's not there. I show up Friday, 5.30. He's not there. And I go, hey, bro, what happened? He's like, I'm out. My back hurts. And I was like, well, I still like it. So I, I started doing it, and I was enjoying it. And I was getting healthier, and I was experiencing a lot of fun stuff, good community. And uh, then there's this thing called the CrossFit Open, which is kind of the bi- this big competition between all CrossFitters. And, uh, like, at, worldwide. So everyone's competing, and then eventually, if you keep advancing on, you can be titled the fittest man or woman on earth, and uh, which is, you know, I'm not quite there yet, someday, maybe, and uh, so I had some friends who said, Colin, you need to do it, like, it'll just be fun, it'll be good experience, so I register, and it's a series of workouts, it's five workouts that you do uh, once a week for five weeks, so I had done, and I did the scaled version, which is like the not-so-crazy version, and uh, this is our last workout. It's CrossFit 16.5, and I'll just read it to you. It's 21 thrusters, which you got a, you got a like, 65-pound barbell, and you go down like this, and then you go up. Okay, so you got to do that 21 times. Then you got to do 21 burpees. Oh, then you get to do it 18 times, and then 15 times, and then 12 times, and then 9 times, and then 6 times, and then 3 times to see how fast you can do that. So it's crazy, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm the only one that shows up to this class, okay? Normally, you know, normally there's like, you know, 10 people there working out together. Only one who shows up. I was, that morning I was feeling sick, a little tired, so I was like, I need to take some C4. And I don't know if you're familiar with C4. It's, a, it's like a pre-workout, and it's like caffeine overload. 
C4. It's like explosive. Makes you crazy. And uh, so I took some C4 that day because I was a little tired. I was like, I need a little extra energy. And um, I'm, I'm in the round of 15, okay? And I just lose it. I, throw, I go out in the parking lot and I throw up. And I just was like, but I, I finished the workout. But then when I got done, I was like, coach, I'm dying here. Like, why can't I finish this workout? I was like, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting enough sleep. You know, I've been working out. I should be in better shape. And he goes, he goes, well, what, what'd you throw, what did you happen to throw up? And I said, well, I, I did go to Buffalo Wild Wings last night. <laughs> and he goes, how often do you go to Buffalo Wild Wings? And I was like, often enough that all of the servers know my name. And he was like, yeah, you probably should change that. And you should probably, if you want to reach your full potential in CrossFit, you got you to gotta go all in. You got to change how you eat, not just how you work out. And so what's funny is, you know, he told me that. And it, like, kind of did something in me. It was like, I could go all in. So I, changed, I started changing the way I eat. And I started to see results in the way that I want to see results. And so then with that happening in my physical life, the same thing started working in me in my spiritual life. So this is last, you know, May, June, where God is like, I was asking God, I said, man, what, what would it look like to see myself doing, not doing better in my relationship with God, but seeing more? And he said the same thing that my coach said. He said, you got to go all in. And that's where we're coming from this morning. And uh, it kind of stemmed, too, from a conversation I had with one of our speakers at camp. And I just said, you know, he's a church planner. And I told him I'm new to this church. I said, I want to do the best job that I can. I want to serve our students. I love our community. I love our parents. I was like, I want to do the best job possible. I was like, how, how do I do this? And he said, we ask one question before every service that we do, every event that we do. What do we need God to show up for in our, in our midst? And I was really challenged by that because I think sometimes I personally would go about my life just expecting God to kind of be God and do what God does. And so I'm just, you know, living and going and, and God is, you know, oh, God will show up where God needs to show up. And then he's like, but where do you need him to show up? And I said, man, I, I don't think I ask that question very often, but I think I need to. And I hope this morning that I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. I don't want to leave today with a, a nice little bow tied up. I want, to, I want to challenge us because this is where God's challenging me. Is where am I? Am I all in in everything I do? Or am I in when it comes to church, in my relationship with God? Am I in in my job? And so I believe that God has an amazing, incredible plan for us. And I believe that if we all dedicate ourselves to go fully in, that we're going to see amazing, incredible things. Just like those junior hires saw at camp, we're going to see God moving in our midst greater than we could ever imagine. Heavenly Father, we give you this morning, I give you my words, and uh, I just pray that we would be, we would learn what it looks like to be all in, God, and that we, uh, we could do it in our jobs, in our relationships, in our families, God, and uh, would you just provoke us into your destiny for us, in your name, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'd open up to Matthew 22, 37 through 38. So like I said, I was asking that question, what do I need God to show up for? And, and if, I, if I need God to show up for, how do I, how do, I do this? 
And how do I go all in? Like, these are some questions that God has kind of, kind of prompted me. How do I go all in? How do I do this? And I was led to the scripture, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. It says, Jesus replied, you know, he's being, he's being prompted. He's saying, you know, what is the greatest commandment? You know, how, how are we supposed to live? And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is our mission. This is, this is how we go all in. And what I love is that it's simple. I can do simple. I, I don't do complex very well. But I can do simple. Give me t- I've got two instructions from God. If I want to go all in, I've got to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And I've got to love my neighbor as myself. Like, those are, those are simple, but those are, can we just say that those are hard? Like, it's a lot easier said than done kind of situation. And that's our mission as people who trust and believe in God, and that we need to, to trust him and love others. Uh, when I think of it, things like this, I need, I need a story. I need, I need something that will prove it for me. Like, show me how this plays out in somebody's life. I don't know if you guys are like me, where I just kind of like, hmm, let me see it first. Show me, and then I'll be able to do it. And as I was preparing for this, I, I kind of was led to the story of David. And uh, the story of David kind of starts in 1 Samuel 16, 6, uh, and it goes about 71 verses, the portion that I want to cover, so uh, be ready to dig in. 71 verses here. Hope you brought your reading glasses. Uh, but... David's story is so incredible, right? You think about this, little, ruddy shepherd boy to king. Like, that's an incredible story, right? Like, shepherd boy tending sheep to overseeing Israel. And uh, I love that, that David, David gets anointed king right away. So we, when we meet David, it's after Samuel had seen all of his brothers and said, no, you're not the one. You look like the one, but you're not the one. And, you know, he goes on and on and on. And when we're introduced to him, God's like, this is the king. He's got an incredible destiny. And I know that he's a man after my heart. So, and I know that he's going to go all in to this, this calling as king. And so we see David being anointed and what I love about David is that it wasn't like he lived his life like, well, I'm going to be king, so I don't have to do anything. Like, if he really could have said, well, God anointed me king, so I'm just going to let God do God, and I'm just going to do me, and eventually I'm going to become king. I think David lived a very purposeful life. I mean, we see him going out, tending to the sheep, chasing down the one. You know, he's running his race. He didn't change who, God, who, who he was on his calling. He, he ran his race, which was to be David to the world. Just like my mission is to be Colin to the world. Just like your mission is to be you to the world. Because we need you to live out who God created you to be. Because we all bear the image of Christ and we all bear a unique image of Christ. And so you're uniquely created to live out your life and, it, you know, maybe you're not going to be King David, but you are going to be something that's very, you are something that's very important to the world. You know, I, I think uh, we can't be distracted by, by those around us. You know, David's brothers, 
they were out and they were fighting Goliath, right? They were, you know, we'll fast forward a little bit. And uh, D- David's dad said, hey, I need you to go run some sandwiches to your brothers. Okay, Jimmy John's, go deliver. Here you go. Here's some sandwiches. Here's some bread. Here's some cheese. Go deliver. And, uh, you know, David could have just said, oh, you know what? I'm supposed to be king. I'm not going to deliver these. Right? He could have said, I'm, Dad, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm the king of Israel, okay? You go deliver the sandwiches. Probably wouldn't have gone over very well. But he could have, right? He could have not lived intentionally, lived on purpose. But he went. And when he got there, he was, he, was lo- he, he was somebody who was loving the Lord with all of his heart, with all his mind, and all his soul, loving his neighbor as himself by delivering these sandwiches to his brothers. And uh, David was looking for opportunities to make a difference in the world. And I think that's how we go all in, is we look for di- ways to make a difference. And David shows up, and then all of a sudden, you know, the story, we hear Goliath taunting the Israelites, you guys suck, you're terrible, your God's terrible, your king smells, you know, things like that. And David's like, who is this guy? And his brother's like, that's, that's Goliath. And David's like, well, who's going to kill him? And they're like, whoa. They're complacent, right? They're like, ooh, uh, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to kill Goliath. Have you seen Goliath? And David, David wasn't influenced by their complacency. I think as Christians and as believers, sometimes we can be complacent because other people are complacent. We can look around us, and if we're not running our race, we can go, well, that person's sitting back and not doing anything. Why don't I sit back and do nothing? Because that seems to be the speed, right? that, That was challenging for me as I was preparing this. I was like, man, I do that all the time. And, and you know, it's, we've got to run our race. Like the Olympics are on right now, right? Anybody watching the Olympics? I know they're on late, but I love the Olympics. And a 100-meter runner isn't going to try to do the steeplechase. Do you guys watch the steeplechase? Anybody watch that yesterday? Was it? Steeplechase is incredible. It's 3,000 meters over 28 hurdles and water jumps. Like, that's, that's not a race for a sprinter. It's a race for a marathon runner. And I think it'd be really easy if you're a sprinter to be and go, you know, that's not my race. Don't run it. Like, don't run somebody else's race because they're not going to be successful. Run your race. Stay in your lane. And uh, so we see David go, you know what? On, this, on that note of staying in his lane, he goes up and he says, Saul, I'm going to kill Goliath. Okay, little teenage boy, and Saul's like, no, you're not. Shut up. Get out of my tent. <laughs> Could you just imagine some kid coming up and telling you, like, hey, I'm going to fix this problem? You're like, shut up. No, you're not. Get out of here. Anybody relate, maybe? No? Okay. Just me. And uh, so he goes, and, and then they try to put the armor on him, and, you know, he's like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not, my, that's not my style. That's not where I'm at. And, and he, he goes, and, and David... David went all in on this, right? Like, he's going to trust God with everything. Because he's going, God's saying, you're going to go kill Goliath with a slingshot. Like, that's trust. That's, that's, that's a lot of trust, right? If you're not trusting God in a situation like that, like, we need to check your meds. Right? Like, 
you're going to kill a giant with a slingshot. Okay, this doesn't, this isn't making sense. But David went all in. And you know what? When David went all in and trusting God in this situation, you know what happened? He killed Goliath. And I, I just, that story is incredible to me because we just see somebody who's just faithful in what he'd been given. Are we faithful in what we've been given? Are we all in in every area of our life? David was, and we saw what he accomplished. So I would say to us, it's like, what does it look like for us to go all in in our walk with God? Because I I know that I am very guilty of compartmentalizing my life sometimes. It's very easy to compartmentalize our life. You know, work and church and family and friends and, you know, different things and just kind of being yourself and, and going through with that. And, you know, we can go, we can go all in with, in with God and everything. In our relationships, I mean, relationships that go, you're all in with God are incredible. Some of my most f- fruitful and amazing relationships are our relationships that we get together, we're talking about God and, and we're just watching how God has orchestrated things. Uh, work. I need God at work. And I know, I'm a, I know I'm a pastor, so you're like, duh, of course you need God at work. Like, you're a pastor. You better have God at work. But in our jobs, helping us make decisions, some of my most successful friends that I have are people that trust God in everything. They give God their money, they give God their time, and they let God guide their decisions. In our finances, like that's a tough one for me. That's, sometimes that's, that's, the hard, that's one of the hardest ones because it's like, do I trust God? How do I prove it? I prove it with my, my calendar that tells me I spend time with God and my checkbook. Well, not my checkbook. I don't keep a checkbook. I don't, some of you might keep checkbooks. But on my register, on my online banking. But am I trusting God? And those two things are very evident if you're all in. Right? Those are, the easy, those are some easy metrics for us. Do we trust God in our tough circumstances? Do we trust God with our loved ones? Are we all in with them? Are we praying for them? Our time by loving our neighbor. I mean, can be cares. What an incredible opportunity to love our neighbor. Like, what an incredible opportunity. I'm so excited for this. Because what are we doing? We're bringing the community to us. Like, we don't even have to go out. We're like, hey, show up. We'll give you some tacos. And we're going to care for you. And, you know, recently this week, I was having a conversation with, uh, with my barber. And uh, we, I was just talking. I said, man, I, sometimes I feel like I can't do enough for the people around me. And I feel like I'm not all in when it comes to loving my neighbor. And I said, like, what do you, how do you think that I can make a difference? And he said, Colin, the, he's, a, he's actually a pastor as well. So he's a barber and a pastor. It's, it's a great time uh, when we get together. <laughs> and uh, he said, who, do, who have you loved that's different than you today? Who have you shown that their life matters? He's like, that's how you love your neighbor as yourself. Because that's what we all want, right? 
We all want somebody to come up and let us know that our life matters. We want somebody to come up and love us. God is working everywhere, all the time, right? God is working everywhere, all the time. He's always up to something. He's always moving. He's always doing something. And here's an area that God challenged me. If I'm not seeing it, I must not be all in. And that, that hurt. That stung, like, that stung a little bit. And I was like, man, God, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, and you're telling me I'm not all in? He said, yeah, because God's, God's nice like that. He calls, he calls us out on our stuff. And uh, I said, really? Like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, you know, I, I look at Scripture, and, and Jesus was very clear that if we were to go all in, we would see greater things than he did. Very clearly, he says in Scripture, as he's leaving, he's like, you're going to do greater things than I. And that was just like, I was like, God, like, could you stop kicking me while I'm down? Like, and he said, go all in. See what difference it would make. And, and I really believe that God doesn't challenge us and, and just push us out. He's going to challenge us and show up. Because here's what I know about God. God doesn't run from our challenges. God doesn't run from the areas where we struggle giving over to him. And his word tells us that he's actively working. Uh, Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Exodus 3.14. And uh, this is just a quick story of, of Moses. And, you know, Moses... Moses' story is incredible. If you you got time to read it, you know, open up to Genesis and Exodus and and actually read his story because it is it's an incredible story. And uh, you know, Moses gets ends up becoming the leader of Israel out of Egypt, right? And uh, you know, he's following this God that he has no idea who he is, but just is all in. he like talk about all in, right? Like he's coming here in Exodus three fourteen. He's like. Who are you? Who do I tell the people that you are? Like, that's all in, right? You, you don't even know his name. He's in. He's trusting. Like, he's leading thousands of people through the desert. It's incredible. And uh, he says, so who do I tell the people that you are? And God says to Moses, probably the most frustrating sentence in the Bible, I am who I am. Tell him I am okay, thank you, Dr. Seuss, but uh, do you have a name? Shouldn't I have them call you Dr. or Seuss? He is who he is. And, and then he says, say to the Israelites, I am sent you. If I was Moses, I would say, you got to give me something better than that. Like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to tell these thousands of angry people that we're following a God called I am. Come on. I've seen the pillar of fire. I've seen the cloud. I've seen the manna. I've seen the water part. You can do better than this. And he says, tell them I am. And what hit me about this sentence is that I am is how we can trust that he's actively working around us. Because he says, tell them I am sent you. 
And when I was struggling and I was wrestling through preparing this message, I was like, God, like, God, I need you to show up in these areas I'm not all in in. All in in, 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 in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says, okay, ask me a question. I said, God, are you going to do something incredible in our youth this summer, even though I'd, I'm not sure if I'm up to the challenge? And you know what he said? I am. And, you know, and then I started out, I was like, man, I got, I got way better questions. I said, God, can I actually make a difference in my, can you make a difference in my life if I give you everything? I am. He is making a difference. Whether I give him everything or not, I am. He's working. God, do you care for me? Because there's times in my life where I don't feel like you care for me that you're watching. And he says, I am. I am caring for you. I am watching you. I am providing for you. God, can you use me, somebody who struggles to go all in to make a difference? I am using you to make a difference. God, are you, are you allowed into my workplace? I am. Can I make decisions with you? Yep, I am. Can you do a miracle in my finances? I am. Can you help that family member who needs you so desperately? I am. Will you ever answer my prayers? I am. It may not look like I want it to look, but the I am, you know, David going all in, going to kill Goliath. He's like, God, are you going to help me? I am. We can go into battle knowing I am. We can give it all to him knowing that I am is making a difference. Knowing that I am will be there. Not I was, you know, it's I am. Not I can. That's a, that was a crucial one for me. It's not I can, it's that I am. Every area of our life, God is working. And I promise you, if you learn to give everything to him and go all in, you will see God do incredible things. You will see the incredible things that he's already up to that we've been missing. We've got to trust him. We've got to love him with our heart and our soul and with all of our mind. And I am will do incredible things in your life. Because those two things going all in and I am, that's a scary, like that's a force, right? It's a force to be reckoned with. And I promise you that if we as a church this morning, everybody here would say, I'm going to go all in and trust I am, we're going to see can be change. We're going to see Malala, Aurora, all the places around Oregon City, we're going to see these places change because a few people decided to go all in. We're going to see our students who are going to change their schools, who are going to lead Bible studies, because they're going all in. They told me, they're like, Colin, I'm leading a Bible study. I'm leading a Bible study at my school. We're doing it during lunch. We're going to do it in this hallway. Because they're willing to go all in. And it's inspiring for me. 
Like, can we go all in? Can we as a church go all in? That's what Can't Be Cares is about. We're going all in. We're all in. We love our community. We love our city. We love our neighbor as ourself. So we're going all in. So then I want to ask you guys, where are the areas you're not all in? Like I said, I want to leave you with a few more questions than answers and trains. I'm still not used to them, sorry. But where, where are you not all in? What areas of your life have you not trusted him fully? And uh, do you want to give it all? Do you want to go all in? That's, another, that's a question I have to ask myself. Do I want to go all in? I could tell you that I've seen God faithful and faithful and fruitful time and time again as I give him everything. I've never been disappointed. Never been disappointed with what God does with what I give him. Let's pray. God, this morning we, uh, we thank you for being I am. And God, right now I pray in the areas that we need in our lives, I am to make a difference. God, that we would awaken and see where you are. God, we would see that you're moving. We would see that you're acting. And God, I pray that we would go all in. In our lives, God, that we would trust you with everything. So that, God, we can see can be transformed, our families transformed, our schools transformed, our jobs transformed by you. So God, we give you everything. We trust you and we say you are faithful and you are true and you'll never leave us or forsake us. God, we love you and we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Well, th- Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.